Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, business editor of Variety. Today, my guest in New York is John Steinberg, president of Altice News. John has a lot to say about the business of news and how Altice is building a portfolio of brands to serve different audiences. John is a serial entrepreneur. He was part of the team that built BuzzFeed into an internet giant. In 2016, he launched Cheddar, a digital business news startup aimed at millennial viewers. Altice was an early investor in Cheddar, and in April, it bought out the company for $200 million in cash. In our conversation, Steinberg talks about Altice's ambitions in news and the strategies he used and what he didn't do to turn Cheddar into a budding news brand. John Steinberg, president of Altice News. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks for having me on this rainy day. (laughs) It is a rainy, muggy day in New uh York. Good day to talk business. So you've had a lot going on in the last couple of months. You are the founder and CEO of Cheddar, a digital news media startup. Uh And you recently did a transaction with cable operator Altice USA. And you have become, that has bought Cheddar and you are now heading an, a, a much larger news operation for Altice that has a couple of different strands and some pretty big ambitions. Yes. Let's start by talking about the sale of Cheddar to Altice. Uh-huh. What motivated you to sell, and why was Altice USA the right partner? You know, so Altice uh, uh, owns Optimum, which is the fourth largest cable system in the U.S., right? That's how most people know. That's the brand of ours that most people know. Right. A, and, a big heavyweight here in the New York yeah, uh, tri-state area. Exactly. And um, we we took on Altice as an investor a few years ago and immediately started collaborating, doing business news, which is Cheddar's core stuff, business news updates to News 12. And for the listeners you know, that are in our markets, you know, Brooklyn, the Bronx, Long Island, New Jersey, uh, Westchester, they know News 12. Everybody knows News 12. Everybody loves News 12. And I had known News 12 because I had grown up on Long Island. And we started partnering with them. And I walked out into the parking lot one day after a meeting on Long Island. And I turned to Peter Gorenstein, who started Cheddar with me. And I said, God, I really want to run News 12. So, um, you know, Altice is the only cable operator whose media focus is exclusively news. We have News 12, which is the seven hyperlocal news networks. We have I-24, which is the international news network. And now we have Cheddar. There's, there's no HBO. There's no NBC Universal. We don't do dramas. We don't do comedies. Uh, we do, you know, leading edge broadband uh, video products with our Altice One set top box. And we do news. That, that's what we do. And actually now, uh, well, soon wireless. Soon wireless as well. Mm-hmm. Tell me about... Um, let's start with News 12. Yeah. A hi- hyperlocal. It's, I mean, Altice has a big footprint, but even within that footprint, it's hard to believe that there are seven channels, that yes. there are seven dedicated channels. Yes. And, and the viewership is up substantially this year. Um, each of the regions, when people turn on their cable boxes, News 12 is the default channel. And it's been that way for 30 years. And when you walk uh, amongst restaurants and bars and, you know, public spaces in any of our regions, it's the channel that's on because people care about human interest. They care about politics. They care about health and wellness in the region. They, you know, there's, there's an inherently deep interest amongst people when they're in their communities to look at a screen and see what's going on in their community. Um, You know, weather and traffic is still unbelievably durable as well, too. And um, what is it about 
the um, what is it about the the setup that you have now, where you have your hyper hyper local, yeah. you have your international focus, and you have Cheddar, as I understand, for for more like a more business and media centric yeah, yes. type of news. That seems like a lot of brands in the marketplace. Why do you think that that? I think it's very few actually, and so. You know, when you look at a company like, you know, NBC Universal or Time Warner, how many brands does NBC Universal have? Bravo, CNBC, MSNBC, NBC. You know, I mean, I, I, then, there's, then there's 15 more that I haven't even, you know, gotten to. We have uh, one focus, news. We have three news networks, Cheddar for Business, I-24 for National, International, Global, and News 12 for Hyperlocal. And, you know, so, so News 12 is a brand that's been in the market for um, – you know, 30 years is unbelievably well known. You know, that's a brand. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it Coca-Cola or Disney that people would think I was crazy if I, if I said that, but you know, in the community is news 12 in our region, a brand that you would probably put top 10, top 20. Yeah, I think you would. Right. I mean, you know, you don't really mention news 12 to anybody who says, I don't know what that is. Right. Right. Um, and then I-24, we're going to put a lot of time and energy into you know getting that out there more and bumping up the domestic content on it. But I-24, Information 24, it kind of logically makes sense. And then the name Cheddar makes no sense. But, you know, I put three years into doing it and everybody kind of – it's kind of hard to forget it. Um, and so we have three networks. Now, we could have named the networks, you know – Altice local, Altice national, mm-hmm. uh, Altice business, but you know, it doesn't things don't really happen like that, right? Well, right? With News Twelve, as you say, you have a very well very, established yes. brand, right? And Cheddar, because of the social footprint, I mean, Cheddar's doing a billion views a month now, right? And it's not just Facebook, LinkedIn. We do an enormous amount of views. Instagram, TikTok, we're one of the top publishers now too. You know, does everybody know what Cheddar is? No, maybe not, but everybody knows the name Cheddar now, and I, I would argue that you know maybe more people know that the name Cheddar is a media company than a cheese. I mean, when you <laughs> when you Google Cheddar now, um, we've we've really uh, hurt the dairy product hard. You know, uh, <laughs> your SEO uh, your SEO elves have been at hard at work. <laughs> we don't even have the SEO elves because you know our site for Cheddar is not that big. It's really more the distributed footprint between YouTube and Twitter and all the places that the content exists and all of the times our scoops have been, been you know, rewritten about, um, you know, that's really what's, what's caused it. Cheddar was too new of a site. You know, we started Cheddar in 2016. You know, you, you really can't get SEO with new sites anymore. You know, what I, what I liken it to is it's like a house with a house with, with good old bones. They don't, they don't make them like they used to, right? Even mm-hmm. sites that are not good anymore and, and you know, and don't really do news. I, I won't name them. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, you know, they'll get better SEO than we do. Just because of incumbency? Yeah, because incumbency. I mean, incumbency with the way SEO and the backlinks. And you know, I mean, I worked for a brief time at Google. I was very low level there. But like, you know, when we, we have low quality news sources that will, you know, reblog an original scoop that um, one of our reporters did. Um, and, you know, that will get that will show up higher in Google News and we'll get more traffic and, you know, but that's just, that's just the way it is. But in that world and given the challenges that we know for certain, you know, digital only services, which I know Cheddar is not, obviously it it has those extensions, but just in that digital space, can you make it work financially? Well, so I, I never wanted to build a website. We never even tried. You know, I said that I bet the whole company on building what I called host cable networks, right? Um, What comes after a cable network? When we started the company, Sling was the only platform that existed, 
and our dream in life was to get on Sling TV, and we did. To be a news service for To be a, for a channel it. sitting next to CNBC and CNN, to be a channel, right? We got there, you know, must be close to three years ago at this point. And then in that time, Hulu, DirecTV Now, Fubo, Philo, uh, YouTube TV, Roku Channel, Pluto, they all launched. I mean, Pluto had been around for a little bit, but all those virtual MVPDs I mentioned launched. We got channel position there. We have channel and, position in Charter now. And are they paying you fees? No, no. Everyone knows they're not paying us fees. I've never claimed that. That was the other thing, too, which is it immediately became clear to me that they were not going to pay fees, right? You, you, no new channel was going to be launched and get a fee, right? In fact, you know, when Fox launched, and it's funny to talk about Fox News with the um, the Gabriel Sherman, uh, you know, thing on Showtime now, right? Loudest voice Loudest in the voice room, room running, yeah. You know, they, they paid a fortune of money to get that channel uh, carried. So when everyone would say to me, well, you're not getting paid, I would first of all say, well, like, who, are, who are we? We're nobody, and we named our business network Cheddar, right? So we're not going to ask for anything. And the fact that they're even taking our channel was an enormous battle. We, we had to prove to these uh, carriers over the course of years that Cheddar was good enough that they could put us next to CNN and CNBC and Fox Business for free. And the value to you is just distribution. The value to us is unbelievably high-quality, prestigious distribution in a finite environment, in a world where advertisers increasingly are wary of buying internet, right? And so Cheddar is not internet. Cheddar is, is television. Cheddar is connected television. And, you know, we can talk a bit about, you know, the advertising products we're doing now under Altice. But, you know, unless you're Google or Facebook, Internet advertising is really not appealing to advertisers. Right. I mean, again, after after so many years of digital is coming to eat television's lunch, all of a sudden in the last, you know, 18 to 24 months, that worm has really turned. It really has. But so how did, again, how did you fund an operation yeah. that did, you know, put on very professional looking newscasts? So we did, you know, I, I love inventing advertising products and I've had great teams to do it two times and now we're working on basically the third iteration of this at BuzzFeed because you previously were COO of BuzzFeed BuzzFeed. present COO of BuzzFeed yeah and we invented invented is an an exaggeration we did the first large scale native advertising operation and what's funny is at the time I got an enormous amount of heat for doing it and the reason why I decided to do it was I read Ogilvy on advertising and saw advertorials and I was like, oh my God, advertorials, that's the best advertising product. I should do that on BuzzFeed. That'll work a lot better than banners. And then me Mixing with, content and messaging, marketing yeah, messaging. I mean, writing a branded post, branded listicles, you know, all of that stuff, which from, you know, I was at BuzzFeed 2010 to 2014, 2010 to 2012 was unbelievably hard for me. 2012, it all broke in our favor. The advertisers wanted the products, the social traffic came, um, so on and so forth. Then I got to Cheddar, and I was like, okay, I need to invent another advertising product. And I looked out again, and again, I copied and borrowed um, and saw a lower third, which for the for our listeners who don't, like the bottom of the screen where the text is on a news broadcast. Right. And I saw that advertisers would sponsor blocks of live programming. So even on CNBC, they have a thing called like, uh, you know, I think it's called AT&T, a Comcast Executive Edge or AT&T Executive Edge or something like that. Um MSNBC has a business show sponsored by American Express on Saturday morning. Like it was all happening out there. And I was like, oh, let's turn up the volume to 12 on this. Let's make this our whole product um, because we're too small right now to have the scale of like standard advertising commercial insertion. And then that was the product that we did at at, uh, at Cheddar. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, did it 
were you able to, was Cheddar able to have enough traction in that world to be even, to getting close to break even? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the funny thing, you know, the the complexity, now I'm part of a publicly traded company. So before, you know, for our listeners who want to go back and Google, like I, I was unbelievably transparent over the years with our revenue numbers. And, you know, I think we've public. I mean, we said publicly in the past. I guess you know, last year we did twenty-seven million dollars, right? That in twenty uh, in twenty eighteen, right? And we had profitable months, and we never burned that much capital. And you know, we never the the business was always unbelievably financially durable. I mean, it wasn't you know, it wasn't a business that was doing hundreds or billions of dollars a year in revenue. But for for a toddler, um, we had great clients like you know Dunkin' Donuts and Chase and City, and they were happy with the performance and the brand lift studies. We had a great little advertising business. And what kind of feedback did you get from viewers? Like, what what kind of viewers? What, what's your audience for Cheddar? We get unbelievably limited data from the virtual MVPDs, which is not dissimilar from you know what a traditional cable network you know gets, right? Um, and Nielsen really, you know, is not very is not very there, I guess, on measuring the stuff. You know, I don't really feel like getting an angry phone call from Nielsen right now. You know, it's been enough of a, it's been enough struggles with them over the years or Comscore for that matter. I mean, these, these entities are really not there, you know? Um, and so the feedback from the viewers is anecdotal and survey based. And then on the social, we see what people say on the social clips and what have you. And it worked. I mean, it worked. If you, we created a business network that was focused on technology, you know, media, innovation, uh, we were able to get all the top tier guests and, you know, senators and, you know, congressmen and women. And, you know, by the time this podcast airs, we'll have had, you know, Satya Nadella on our air doing an interview. Um, and so the viewers were excited and they, and they enjoyed it. And not a week goes by that someone tells me they didn't watch us on one of the platforms. You know, I'll tell you the funniest thing is, you know, LinkedIn has really been tremendous for us as well, too. You know, hmm. we do a lot of these gadget videos there. My son was uh, having his birthday party at a, at a hibachi restaurant. And I asked him to put Cheddar on the TV because we're on Charter in New York City. And a guy next to me at the bar said, oh, Cheddar, you know, I really like their LinkedIn gadget videos. And they have this like fake guy, John Steinberg, who (laughs) posts the gadget videos. I don't think he's a real person, right? And uh, I was like, no, he's a real, that's me. And the guy was like, you know, shocked. And the reason why that is, is because LinkedIn opened up video posting to influencer pages before they opened it up to corporate pages. And we asked them, okay, well, can we, you know, can we go crazy with my page and post all of our gadget videos to that? And they said yes. And so now people think I'm like Frank Purdue, that I'm basically like not a real person, you know, that, that just like this kind of like spokesperson for the company that posts gadget videos. <laughs> I'm here to say, I'm here yeah. to tell you that John Steinberg is a real person. And again, um, it, it just sounds like, it sounds like, you know, distribution and getting that, you know, getting your content out is such a patchwork Distri- quilt of literally LinkedIn page by LinkedIn well, page. Well, I, I mean, and, and virtual MVP by virtual MVPD and gas station, you know, gas station TV is one of our most important platforms. And, you know, I, I say that with no joke. And that happened on a podcast. You know, Brian Morrissey said to me on a podcast, he was teasing me about my insatiable appetite for distribution. He said, why aren't you on the gas pumps? I literally walked out of the podcast. <laughs> I called Daniel Schneider, who leads up our distribution. I said, why aren't we on the gas stations? And we do a news update, I think, several times a day. The first one, I think, our, our reporter, Baker Machado, uh, records at like 4.30 in the morning. 
Every day, somebody sees us on a gas station. In fact, somebody listening to this podcast right now is saying, I just saw cheddar on a gas station. Just filled up. Uh, yeah. Remarked at the price of gas and got a, got a report. That kind of just putting the, putting the cheddar name in somebody's head, even for two minutes at a gas pump, That's right. is invaluable. It's invaluable. And, and distribution is really king. And, you know, the line that content is king is, is wrong. It's wrong. And it's, it's been, I really think that it's been proven wrong in the past few years. I love content. I've devoted my, my life to editorial. Um, I wish editorial was king, um, but distribution is king. And, you know, you, you see it when you, um, there's finite space on the systems. You know, when you walk through airports, you know, CNN has the CNN airport network. Um, and, you know, distribution is, is more important than, than the content. And that's because no matter how good your content is, if you can't get it out there, um, you know, n- no one's going to see or read it. And, you know, w- what's funny is, you know, one of my favorite new brands lately is um, is Yeti. I've got a little bit obsessed with Yeti cups and Yeti coolers and, mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. Um, and I was talking to my wife last night. We were talking about Yeti. And she's like, you know, every store I go into, there's a Yeti end cap. Um, you know, during the summer season, there's a Yeti section in like basically every store you walk, tons of stores you walk into now, there's the cooler and the cups are stacked on top of it and the smaller coolers off to the left. And it's like, you know, get Yeti stuff for your summer season, right? And they really, I mean, they figured that out too. I mean, is Yeti the best coolers? I mean, I I, I actually kind of think that they are the best coolers, but, and, and that, I guess the, the quality of the cooler is in a way the editorial, mm-hmm. um, but also they're putting this stuff everywhere. Right. Sticking with the New York th- New York City theme here, yes. it's the Dwayne Reed model of <laughs> digital. Well, Just be everywhere. I mean, that's sort of a great example too. You know, is Dwayne Reed, um, which actually they don't even call them Dwayne Reeds anymore, do they? Or is Dwayne Reed by? Uh, I think they're Walgreens. Walgreens, now, yeah. yeah. I mean, is Dwayne Reed? The and Walgreens best. just bought Rite Aid. We talk about well, your consolidation. So then this is, I mean, this is. I mean, and and you know, you, I mean, one of your one of your questions is, is you know, why did I I sell to Altice? And um, you know, scale is important. And um, is Dwayne Reed the best drugstore in New York City? You know, I I don't know. I mean, growing up, I really liked Dwayne Reed, but I, you know, it's also the one that's closest to you. I mean, it's on every other corner. You know, there's this advertising book. Um, called How Brands Grow by Byron Sharp, who's this amazing book. You know, Tony Weissman from Dunkin' Donuts recommended it to me. And the thing in the book is that, that brands grow through, uh, reach, um, through reach and availability. Um, I'm sorry, through salience and availability. And what that means is half of Coca-Cola sales come from people who buy less than one Coca-Cola a year. Isn't that staggering? And the key is that when you decide, I want a crisp, refreshing, bubbly beverage, you need to think Coca-Cola, and it needs to be within arm's reach. And if either of those steps falls down, if you don't think Coca-Cola, or if you think Coca-Cola, but it's not in arm's reach, it doesn't work. You'll move on. You'll to move on to something else. Something down the line. So, you know, so Cheddar could have the best technology, media, and innovation business coverage. And I, and, and I believe that it does. And I believe that we have the best reporters producers, you know, I, I put them up against anybody. But if in that moment somebody says, I want to see what's happening with Facebook's new cryptocurrency, um, or did Elon Musk, you know, really do that? And we're not within an arm's reach. They will choose CNBC or Fox Business or Bloomberg. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. How have things changed for Cheddar specifically with the Altice deal? I'm, I'm assuming more resources, kind of more infrastructure to do what you do. 
you know, I really wanted the collaboration to happen organically across these three units as quickly as possible. And because I knew that if there was lots of little collaboration, it would all sort of fall into place. And and that is what has happened, which is um, Cheddar continues to do business updates to News 12. News 12 has given breaking local events to Cheddar. I-24 has taken events from the Middle East and piped them into both networks. We just did our first um, big ad campaign for SodaStream that integrated Cheddar branded content running on News 12 before the water uh, before the uh, weather forecast. You know, it's hot. Have a SodaStream, um, and then we gave it massive scale using uh, this division that we have this this programmatic TV division that we have called A4. And so we're you know 30, 60 days, whatever it is, you know, post the close, and we're already cross sharing content cross-sharing reporters, and doing campaigns that span the, the networks. Um, and there's no competition amongst the networks. Now, you know, again, I, I, won't, I won't name names, right? But there are news divisions at major conglomerated media companies where the networks compete against each other, right? And, you know, that is just, um, that is just insane. I mean, you know, I, I once remember when I worked at Google, I can't remember if it was Tim Armstrong or Tim Costelli, who now is um, a senior executive, I think, at iHeart, and, you know, there, I think there had been conflict or squabbles or what have you amongst the sales force inside of Google. There had been some issue. And he said, the competition's out there. The competition is out there. And he, he like gestured outside the window, right? And so we've completely avoided that. And, you know, none of that has happened. And, you know, it's all one team and it's all one news division. And the integration has gone unbelievably well because it was also one of the reasons why I wanted to do this deal. If I had sold the company to a telecom or media company that had a large, um, you know, uh, media group operated by some, um, you know, senior tenured person, you know, that person would have, it would have become fiefdoms immediately. That person's first instinct would have been like, you know, how do I make John Steinberg fail? Like, because, because, because if he's successful, that's not going to be good for me. Right. And you see it every day. Right. But there was, there's, there's no one at Altice that feels that way. Everybody feels like let's make the news division successful. We don't have it competing with the drama or comedies division for resources. And it's ultimately a very small part of our business today. And that's a good thing because, you know, Altice news is, is, and was much bigger than Cheddar from a viewership and a revenue standpoint, but not by a factor of a hundred or five hundred like it would have been if we went to a different conglomerated media company. So the organization and company is also unbelievably flat and small at the senior executive level. And everybody knows that. I mean, you know, Patrick Drahi is our chairman, Dexter Goey is our CEO, you know, Charles Stewart is um our Charlie Stewart is our president and CFO. And that is the totality of the management. I mean, there's other people I work with on part, but that, but that's sort of the totality of it. I don't have interdivisional heads that, you know, I need to squabble with. Right. You did not. You not did not try to plug into a much larger right. operation. Right. Right. I, I I plugged into um, the fourth largest, and I would argue best operated cable company in the United States, um, and a v- relatively small or or the smallest media division of any of the cable companies. Right. I mean, I guess you could argue just charter, you know, is charters, uh, you know, media operations of comparable size. But, you know, but even they have gone into drama. So you could argue that, that you know, what I said is accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. 
let's t- you know we know that the digital the digital native advertising <clears throat> excuse me yeah. we know that the digital native advertising market can be very tough mm-hmm. and has been challenged what about but we also hear that local news and local news is also sorry start that again we know that the digital nav- native advertising market is very challenged what about the hyper local market we know that the local spot market has been pretty soft in recent quarters well again i you know i got to be careful because it's a public company but um you know news 12's viewership has has been you know it, it's strongest i mean it's strongest in i don't know ever but it's it's strongest in years right and so um the business there is unbelievably robust um I, you know where i thought you were going with the question is is just digital advertising or sponsorship advertising or effectively the business that um, I'm I'm in right now. And, you know, a little preview, it's not even that much of a preview because we're already in market with it. We're, we're completely reinventing the advertising product again. You know, the product that we've- For mar- the News 12 Well, for, for Altice News, for Altice mm-hmm. News. And really, you know, you know, what it is is with our A4 division, we're able to, you know, deliver ads on an IP basis and we're able to track conversion. You know, did people buy the product, visit the site, you know, go into the store and do any of those things? And that's what the advertisers want. The advertisers want that. Um, they are unbelievably uncomfortable with brand advertising, unless it's a billboard, which for, for God knows what reason they can't buy enough billboards, right? We then tie to that product the branded integrations that I've been doing for Cheddar for the past three years. And that's a package that's unbelievably exciting to the advertiser. It's results-driven. It's completely measurable. It plugs into all of their systems. And they get a live read integration for you know, Soda Stream or Dunkin' Donuts or what have you. And that kind of tracking yes. of per- is something that you couldn't do at Cheddar, but oh, you no can way. Yeah. through the resources at Altice. We had, so A, we had never developed any kind of programmatic advertising technology we were small we were focused on building a network and b we didn't own any pipes um and we certainly didn't own any cable boxes and we didn't we didn't have um you know any delivery and so yes this is a whole thing um that has been at altice for a number of years and now we're tying together the the sponsorship component of i call it performance plus that's the name i'm going to take to market and you know the reason why is it's performance which is what the advertisers are clamoring for plus the sponsorship, the integration, the sizzle that they love but are deeply uncomfortable paying for. Is it? Does it give you a, an advantage being that your hyper-local focus, I'm, I'm guessing there's an advertising base that you would go to that others are not, that larger national, you know, well, larger and, operations and, would not be and chasing? And what's great, again, another area where there was no overlap between what I do and what Altice had done is Altice has a robust local advertising business because local advertisers on News 12 will pay a super premium for you know on a CPM basis because if you're the local pest control company or the awning company or the auto dealer or any of these things, you need to target people that are in a you know twenty thirty however many mile radius right. We're not in that business. Right. We, the we turn on the TV, TV. want to know what the weather is in their little and, patch of and you know, you know Long Island and, and, it, and it works. You know what's really funny is like you know. In Long Island, last year, there were, I had a hornet's nest, right? And I decided oh, to no. solve the hornet's nest myself. And um, I went in there and I got like badly stung, right, trying to do it. And then I was watching News 12 like a couple weekends ago, and one of the pest control ads came up. And I thought to myself, oh, you know what? And I, I literally I wrote down the number, and I'm like, I'm going to use that pest control company instead of getting stung by the hornet this year, right? And like, you can't, you, that kind of advertising doesn't, I mean, everybody in Long Island right now is watching News 12 on a Saturday morning and Half of those people have a hornet's nest in their backyard, right? Like, I mean, that I mean that that's magic, <laughs> right? Right. Um, 
let's talk about let's on the other end of the scale that you have recently you know signaled some big ambitions for i24 news yes which is a relatively like cheddar a relatively startup operation yes you're in an interesting position because you have a hyper local news operation that happens to be in new york city and an internationally focused news operation i would imagine that there's some nice marriages between those two at times oh, oh yes and 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 there's even more marriages really between cheddar and i24 because you know we had a national news network that we call cheddar big news or or, or then we kind of rebranded just to cheddar news right we've now collapsed that brand into i24 and so i24 which is in you know 35 40 million homes it's on uh, AT&T and Mediacom and obviously our system and it's also on Charter. Um, you, we now have one network under the rubric of I-24, which is international news with a heavy focus on Middle East. Um, one of our, you know, our headquarters for I-24 is actually Jaffa Port in Tel Aviv, Israel. And then we supplement that with national news from Cheddar. And we have, we have a White House presence for Cheddar. We actually have a White House presence for I-24 as well. We're putting all those people together. And so it's a robust network now for people that are interested in domestic affairs, international affairs, and care about the Middle East. Is that the, from the origins of I-24, I think there might be a perception in the, in the news industry that there is an ideological... Yeah. Not ideological focus to the programming, but the origins of the network were sort of ideologically driven in that Altice chairman, Patrick Drahi, as I understand, felt like there was a there was a missing perspective in coverage of Middle East, which ha- which tended to be dominated by, <clears throat> excuse me, that there was a, that Altice chairman, Patrick Drahi, felt like there was a missing perspective on Middle East coverage mm-hmm. and wanted to launch this. But it's, I mean, you sound like you're very much running a business. Yeah, well, I think that, I won't speak for Patrick, but the view for I-24 was that Middle Eastern news and news from Israel was, there There wasn't enough of it, and that there was an open space in the market, and that so much of what happens in the Middle East affects the entire world, and that, you know, would as many people watch uh, a, a international news network focused on the Middle East as would watch a Thursday night football game, or would watch you know, uh, Ellen DeGeneres' Game of Games, which is a funny show I was watching with my mom last night. No, the the audience would not be as right. large for that, but it would be an important audience. It'd be an important news audience, and we could do it at a cost structure and scale um, that would make it a great business. And that's that's effectively, you know, what it is. It it does not, in my view, have, a, have an ideological bend. I think the only ideological bend that you could point to is that the network is broadcast out of Israel, and therefore definitely has the belief that Israel as a country should exist and that Israel as a country is an important country. Now, you know, um, you know, it's funny speaking to you as, as, a, as a Jewish person, you know, I believe that Israel should exist. You know, I, I do. It, it's, it's odd to me that, um, you know, in, in some places that's a controversial viewpoint. I, I do not view that as a controversial viewpoint. And, and, but, but the presentation i mean you feel like it is an obje- it is it is an objective presentation of news and it, it it's not it does not come from an opinion perspective a- absolutely i mean i i think that when you watch our slate of you know evening shows whether it's you know michelle's show or um you know the the 3 hour block that runs in the evening i think that the anchors are free to interject you know their fact based opinions which is basically always the rule that i had had at cheddar which is if it's backed up by a fact and in the context of a fact, you are able to state an opinion. You can't just say that, you know, 
I don't like this leader or I don't like this politician or, you know, this person is such and such. But you can say, you know, the number was this and therefore my conclusion is, you know, that, right? And, that, and that's what I, I think that we do. I think that especially if you watch the shows that are on, you know, prior to that block, like, you know, Strictly Security, which is, you know, focused on the security of the state and defense and all of these issues, which are obviously an important part of the Middle East. Um, it's very, very fact-based. I mean, you know, I was out there, um, you know, a, um, I guess I was out there a month or two ago with one of our reporters, you know, at the Gaza Strip, you mm-hmm. know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, far enough away that I could literally see the fences, you know, and there's not that many reporters that are there that are shooting footage, you know, right there kind of, you know, you know, peering into the barriers, right? And so I think that the most important thing that we do is that we're there and we cover it extensively. And you're there on a permanent basis. You're not parachuting in for the latest crisis. No. I mean, how many how many news networks are based in Tel Aviv that broadcast into the U.S.? I don't know. I can't think of another one. I mean, there's bureaus, but like our headquarters is there. And so um, I think we are certainly the most rooted physically in the Middle East of any network um, that broadcasts into the U.S. Now, look, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe CNN could argue that when they, you know, when they total up the number of reporters that they have in the region, that it's more than us. And, you know, maybe that is the case, right? But, but I-24 has, you know, three studios broadcasting in French, Arabic, and English in Jaffa Port, in Tel Aviv. I mean, that's, that's a substantial effort. Mm-hmm. That's a, it is a, it is a growing operation. Yeah. Um, how has it been domestically in the U.S.? You know, linear channel launches are are certainly becoming fewer and fewer. Yeah. How has it been? What's the reception been to this to the, to gaining carriage for the channel? How far how how far do you think you can I, go? I, well, I think the, you know the question could also be sort of put to all of the carriers that we've gotten for you know whether it's Cheddar or I twenty four you know over the past few years and the line between um, OTT and linear is blurring, you know, especially when you're a channel like Cheddar that doesn't get a fee. And so we set out to get all the virtual MVPD, all the OTT products, the Hulus and the YouTube TVs and the slings, because it was much easier than getting carriage on the boxes, right? Um, But then once we had done that, you know, you know, Charter, to their credit, um, was the first to say, you know what, we think Cheddar's good, and we're going to launch it in our over-the-top product, which they do. It's called um, Spectrum Essentials, which broadband customers can get. And by the way, we like it, and we're also going to put it on the box. And, and John, are you cool with that? And I was like, guys, that's you know so kind of you. And uh, of course, I would love you, you tell me how high I have to jump to make that happen, right? <laughs> and so, you know, if you take a customer or, or take one of our customers, an hour footprint, Cheddar is now on. Um, you can get it on Optimum three different ways and soon suddenly you can get it on our traditional set-top box you can get it on our Altice One product um, or you can get it through our Altice One app um, you know w- without even having any kind of um, you know physical hardware connection and so it's all blurred mm-hmm. and you know our Altice One box is not fundamentally different from a Roku or any other way that you would get your content is linear distribution for i24 though is that a, is that a goal is that are you is that a, linear- something that you're M- aim to to grow that linear distribution base in tr- in traditional cable in traditional MVPDs. Well, I, I care more about the new platforms that are emerging. Um, what's always good about these podcasts is, is you hope that the people listen to them who you want to do the deals with, right? And so, you know, if you look at the forthcoming uh, Warner Skinny Bundle, if you look at the forthcoming Disney Plus Bundle, right? Um, I don't I don't know how they feel about taking I twenty four or Cheddar or News twelve, but if I was given my choice between um, you know, 
fighting for carriage and distribution for I-24 on the traditional infrastructure or trying to get it on Disney+, Plus, it seems obvious to me where the future is going, right? And so the goal is for our networks is we need linear live distribution because news is watched live. Nobody says like, oh, I want to catch up on that show. I mean, maybe certain Fox opinion shows people record and they religiously go back and watch. But for the most part, it's like, what's going on? Let me watch I-24. What's happening in the market? Let me watch Cheddar. You know, is it going to rain today? And what should I do on Saturday? Let me watch News 12, right? That's the behavior. So anywhere people are going to get video and are going to going to do that behavior, that's where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Altice also does cover, we've been talking about the New York City area, but Altice does have operations in other states. Is there any any thought of hyper-local or, or bringing a, a yes. cheddar product to, so to other areas? So, so you're, so you're, you're, you're um, raising Suddenlink, which is a spectacular system um, that we own um, that you know I often kind of try to explain to people is um, you know unbelievably sort of uh, scattered throughout the what I would call Eastern Midwest is how I would kind of describe the region that it's in. Um, and it has... Um, all of the same services and our Altice One box that the Optimum region does. Everybody knows Optimum because I'm a New Yorker and I'm here, but but Suddenlink is is a, is a great system as well too. And um, I24 is obviously on Suddenlink. Uh, Cheddar will launch on Suddenlink in the coming weeks. The way we do the rollout, we wanted to test it in this region first you know, from a technical perspective before pushing it to the Suddenlink region. Um, we actually call the regions the East and the West because you know we're on the East and Suddenlink is to the West of us. Um, and that's like St. Louis. There's a there's a exactly. foothold in St. Louis exactly. that area. Exactly. Any other major areas in the Midwest or? It's. I mean, they're all they're all scattered small markets by and large. And when you look at it on a map, it almost looks like a sort of like a beautiful like like patchwork almost. Right. right? And that, you know? but that's got to be challenging to gain gain any kind of scale for anything really local. I mean, you know. Oh, well, for the um, if we were to launch a News Twelve, you're asking. Um, you know, it's not it's not on the. I got you know a lot of wood to chop right now, but. I would like to do it. I mean, you know, we talk about it. There's no immediate plans. And, you know, I'd like to do a study. And maybe when I can catch my breath a little bit, you know, I'd go out there and spend some time with them. I mean, I'm sort of remorseful to say that, you know, I've, I've obviously visited every um, every one of the News 12 stations multiple times. I've obviously been with I-24 and obviously I've been around Optimum quite a bit. But I'm remorseful that I haven't gotten to meet the sudden link team just because I'm like only in the seat, basically. You know, the time I've been in the seat, I've been to Tel Aviv, Detroit. You know, they're doing a bunch of different things. But I, I got to go out there and learn and, and ask them, you know, and ask the team that's out there, where should we do it? Or should we concentrate it? Or should there be a News 12 that covers um, a larger region? Should we redefine what hyperlocal means? Should News 12 and the Sudden Link footprint be um, regional? Who knows? It sounds like you're enjoying the kind of expansion of the purview of yeah. the news operations from the international and national focus to hyperlocal. I'm enjoying the whole thing. You know, what I what I said to my team is that, you know, when we went through the acquisition, you know, there there were people who wanted to stay small and there were people who wanted it to be the way that it was. And, you know, I was I was super bored with it. You know, I was bored with it after three and a half years. And I felt like we were not that I wasn't going to continue to do whatever I needed to do to take care of the team and take care of my shareholders and take care of everybody. But we were like unnecessarily hamstrung we were unnecessarily by by resources well by we capital. didn't have distribution we didn't have um we, we were one network in a world where everybody was a gajillion networks um we didn't have technical resources that we wanted and so you know i think that when i talk to you i realize how i'm even more excited than i kind of sometimes think that i am and it's because i look out and all i see is opportunities and deals and things that i could do whereas 
you know, three and a half years in, I was like, okay, well, we need to just continue plugging along and going slow and, you know, growing our revenue numbers aggressively, growing our viewership aggressively, looking to, I mean, we were were doing innovative things, but like it was, it it was a bit like, you know, um, you know, swimming without flippers on your feet. And I just felt like, well, why don't we just get some flippers on our feet? Did you have other people knocking on your door? We did. We did. I mean, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> you don't care to elaborate? Well, you know, you know the thing is, I don't, I, I would say everything if I could, but, you know, I don't want to upset people. And, you know, pe- pe- I'm always very public about, like, what's my information, you know, but, like, other people's secrets, I don't really ever want to share. But with Altice as an investor, did you kind of have an eye of them potentially buying you out? Did, did you eye the potential synergies with them and see I, them as a, we, as a buyer? We had um, lots of strategics invested in the company. We had Comcast, AT&T, Altice, Amazon, Liberty Global. We had them all involved in the company. And it was always logical that one of the investors would buy the company. And they all had complete transparency into our books and our monthly board meetings and all of that type of stuff. And I was never shy about the fact that the company needed to be acquired. We were not going public. We were not going to, from this small of a thing in this sector, build a multi-billion dollar business. It doesn't happen in media anymore. And it, and it wasn't, that wasn't going to happen when I started the company in 2016. And in the three years I operated the company, everything got conglomerated. You know, Time Warner was subscale. Fox was subscale, right? right? When Rupert and, Murdoch is right, selling. Right. So, and, and so, you know, in that environment, like it was always clear to me. The other example I always like to give is that um, we were in the drug discovery business. That, that's the business that I'm in, you know, and, and we came up with an amazing drug that continues to do um, amazing things for people. It's a new, let's say it's a new heart drug or a new blood pressure drug, right? Or whatever it is. And then faced with that, you've got two options. Am I going to build manufacturing facilities? Am I going to create a team of pharmaceutical reps? Am I going to build a uh, a regulatory infrastructure? Am I going to now go from the lab um, with our pill and replicate what Merck and Pfizer and all of these people do? And in the drug discovery business, no one does that. In the drug discovery business, academia licenses the drug and it gets plugged into a machine and all of those different things. And, you know, that's how it works. And, that, and that's really the way that media should work. And really, you know, Altice could never have built Cheddar inside of Altice, and I could never build Altice from Cheddar. And um, and, and when I look out over the next you know ten years and what's going to happen in this landscape, um, I think it's going to be more like that. What was the biggest thing you learned during your time at BuzzFeed that informed how you how you built and launched how you launched and built Cheddar? The pain and struggle of BuzzFeed for me in the early years was. Um, so hard that I built up enormous amounts of callus on my skin. Not not callus in the sense of like um, being calloused, but callus in the sense of like my skin had become hardened. Like, because you got a lot of no's when well, you went well, to people well, to no, sell. Because everything was hard. Everything was hard. I got there and, you know, the company was 15 people. And, you know, the first month I looked out and we had no revenue because it, it was a tiny company, right? So I had to find some revenue. And there was enormous stress around that. And then, you know, 2010 to 2012, you know, um, Jonah had made the bet that the social traffic was going to come. And I had made the bet that native advertising was going to work. And neither of these things were proving to be true, right? 
And the stress was enormous. And then 2012, it all worked. It all worked. The social traffic came. Um, the native advertising, the advertisers decided that they loved it. And so it had just been very, very hard. So, so what I learned from that experience was it's going to be brutally hard. And you need to wake up every morning and put one foot in front of the other and keep up one's resiliency. And, you know, some days I have it more than others. And, but, you know, that's just the way that it is. That's what I learned. Where did the name Cheddar come from? Cheddar means money. And um, and I knew that we needed a name that people either thought was cool and clever or thought was stupid and terrible. And as long as people felt something and they, you know, I'm in the marketing business. So as long as they had a reaction to it, it would be okay. And I had horrible, horrible names that we almost did. Like I wanted to call it like Ticker TV because I thought it was going to be like a stock ticker, right? Like, and, you know, we just had, we had bad, bad names. And I always liked cheese, and I always thought cheese was funny. My cat's name is Bree. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we got very lucky with that name. We were very lucky we were able to get the domain. I think we paid like 30 or 35 grand for the domain. Um, I have a great domain broker who's like, you know, been, you know, done this stuff for me for years. And, um, and you know, look, Brian Goldberg from Bustle was helpful too, because Brian said to me, the name of the thing should be something that is like adjacent to what the thing actually is, not the thing. And what he meant by that was, you know, Bustle is not called like, you know, um, you know, site geared at, at topics of interest for women, right? Bustle is, is a, an, a garment, right? And it's like a, a degree away. The children's site um, is called Romper, not like kids site, you know, you know, like, so Brian, you know, Brian helped me with that a little bit, I guess. Well, it does stick in your mind. For yeah, sure. Thank you, John. A really, really interesting conversation and a good pleasure. luck to you with all your endeavors. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business.